Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G podcast. This is episode four. Today, we're going to talk a little hoops and other things because basketball uh, is a very great analogy for life. Oh, some of you know me from my cat feeding. I feed a colony of street cats every day here in Hawaii. Uh, there's two million homeless cats in Hawaii, and I feed a handful of them every morning. I've been doing so uh, for four years now. But this podcast is not necessarily, it's not at all about cats. Cats might come up, they might jump on my lap here. But uh, this podcast is mainly about basketball and other things. It's not about basketball either. I'm just talking about basketball now because that's been on my mind. It's the playoffs. It's mid-May. I've spent a good portion of my life watching basketball this time of year. The only time I haven't watched basketball since in May, since the year 1988-89, was the year 2020, uh, when the NBA playoffs seemed to like lost their mind. That's a whole podcast in itself. We're going to save that for another day. And it took a few years for me to start watching basketball again. I didn't watch the playoffs in 2021. I didn't watch them in 2022. This is the first year that I'm back watching the playoffs, and it's down to the final four teams. It's been a very exciting playoffs, one of the most exciting NBA playoffs in years. Uh, the final four teams in the Eastern Conference, the number one seed was eliminated by the number eight seed, only the fourth time that's happened. And the Miami Heat, the number eight seed, they're the team that eliminated the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. That right there makes it a great playoff series. And I remember when the Denver Nuggets beat the Seattle Supersonics, becoming the first number eight seed to knock off a number one seed. And there's the iconic image of Dikembe Mutombo on the floor holding the ball in celebration. And that was uh, a great moment. One of the first, uh, you know, I remember when watching the NBA playoffs when I was a kid. I also remember... Um, the the matchup between the number one and the eight seed back in the heated Knicks heat rivalry back in the day when one of them were the one seed and the other team was the eight seed and the eight seed, I think it was the Knicks, ended up knocking off the number one seed, the Heat. Uh, so the Heat also beat the Knicks this year in the second round and they find themselves in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They're up one nil on uh, their opponent, the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Celtics were the number two seed. Uh, so the Celtics were heavily favored in this series. They're playing Miami, the number eight seed. Even during the playoffs, uh, Miami has suffered key injuries to uh, Tyler Hero, uh, probably the one of the best Caucasian American players in the NBA, one of the few ones, and also a uh, injury uh, to the former uh, Indiana guard, that uh, his name slips my mind, but he's a great player um, also uh, from that draft, but from the draft from 10 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, they're playing the Boston Celtics. They won game one in the garden, which I figured that they would, even though they were underdogs. And a lot of times betting on basketball in the NBA playoffs, which I've done for 20 plus years, and I've made thousands of dollars betting on the NBA playoffs. But one great trick that you can do normally, not in this particular game, is in a seven-game playoff series, if the road team wins game one, um, and then, you know, they play the first two games at home, you know, whoever has home court, and then they play the next two games on the road for the team that doesn't have home court advantage, and then game five is played at the team with home court advantage, game six is played at the team that doesn't have home court advantage, 
And then the final game seven, if it goes that far, is, of course, played with the team with the home court advantage. So in betting on basketball, in particular the NBA playoffs, when a road team like the Miami Heat wins game one on the road, the, the home team that is already supposed to be the better team with home court advantage, usually, like, if it's some crazy stat, like 80, 90% of the time, they will cover the line in game two because they're not going to go down 0-2. They're not going to lose. Most likely, they're not going to lose two straight games at home. So when you're betting on basketball, today's game with the Miami Heat, they already won game one on the road. Game two is also on the road in the Boston Garden. Um, if I was betting, I would say the best thing to do would be bet on the Boston Celtics to cover, cover whatever spread it is, even if it's 10, 12 points. But also with the same breath, Jimmy Butler, um, my current, my favorite basketball player in the current NBA, I'm cheering for him. So I'm not going to bet against him either way. I'm cheering for the Heat. And this is one of those moments where Jimmy Butler, his whole career, he's kind of been on borrowed time, as the expression goes. He wasn't supposed to be here. And I see him at the end of these like close games. He's so clutch with three-point shots, with free throws. And there was a close game a week or two ago, and he had to make two free throws, and there was like no time on the clock. And I looked at him, and normally um, an expert in nonverbal communication, so... I can normally look at a person and see if they're sweating, see if they're stressed, but and see if and normally a player does not want the ball at that moment. They don't want to go in front in the free throw line in front of everybody and shoot the shots. But I noticed with Jimmy Butler, he wanted the ball. He wanted to take those free throws. And uh, that's something that you don't see in sports, but it's kind of like he's on borrowed time. Jimmy Butler is one of the few professional athletes that, spent some of his life homeless. I mentioned him yesterday. There's a famous Sports Illustrated article uh, talking about the uh, how he grew up. And at a certain age, Jimmy Butler's biological mother looked at him and said, I don't like the looks of you. You got to go. And he found himself homeless. Um, from what I gathered from the story, he lived at a few different places, including a laundromat. And one of his friend's parents took him in and uh, made him one of their own kids. And uh, that's who he considers who his mom is and who his family is. It's not the person that was his biological mother. And I could really relate to that um, because even though I had a decent mother, she did, uh, she wasn't in my life growing up in our kids' lives growing up. And our father, my supposedly biological father, uh, didn't care for me and my brother at all. And he didn't like the looks of us either. But the Jimmy Butler story goes even uh, further. He's the most unorthodox professional athlete I've seen, but not in a way that Antonio Brown is. He's very respectful. And like I said, his whole career, he's been on borrowed time. He wasn't a star athlete in high school. He wasn't the first pick in the draft. He went to school at Marquette. Uh, he just slipped into the NBA, you know, maybe late first round pick. And he wasn't supposed to be a superstar. He's on borrowed time. And the Heat team as well, they're kind of on borrowed time. And so this is the perfect game for them to win. If they win the first two games on the road, it's a, 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 a it would, would really put them in a great uh, position to make it to the NBA finals and uh, be only the first or second team, I believe, to ever eight seed ever to make it to the NBA finals. I'm pretty sure a number seven seed has never made it to the NBA finals either. And in the Western Conference, we have the number seven seed Los Angeles Lakers playing the number one seed Denver Nuggets, 
with probably the best player in the league, uh, Nikolai Jokic, the Joker. Let's just call him the Joker. And um, a lot of people are had picked the Lakers to win the series. Not me. I pictured Denver. I didn't even watch yesterday's game. Uh, and I, I barely even looked because I know Denver was going to win. Denver, in my opinion, is probably going to sweep the Lakers. The Lakers might win one game, game three or game four. The refs will help them out because the refs would love to see the Lakers in the NBA Finals. If you look at the four teams that are remaining, three out of the four teams have been to the Finals multiple times in the last few decades and, and longer. And the only team that hasn't is the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets, probably the best team out of the four. But they're not getting respect, not even in Las Vegas. Uh, this should be Denver's year. Yeah. Do you look at their starting five? They probably have the best starting five of any uh, team in the NBA. And they don't get the credit they deserved. Uh, most people believe Jokic should have won MVP on paper. He had the best statistics, and they finished with the number one record. Generally, in previous years, that always meant that you were the top player on the best team was given the MVP award. This year it's different because Jokic has won the MVP award the last two years, and they didn't want to give it to him a third year, so they gave it to somebody else. That's basically what happened. Uh, so what? And generally, history repeats itself, especially in sports. And when a team feels disrespected as the Denver Nuggets, uh, they come out full force. And I've seen this with the San Antonio Spurs. There was a few years where the Spurs won the championship. They were the number one seed, but totally disrespected. Uh, you know, because they weren't their uh, smallest market in the NBA. And out of these four teams, the Lakers are one of the most favorite teams in the NBA. The Celtics are one of the most favorite teams in the NBA. And the Heat are one of the most favorite teams in the NBA. Not many Denver Nuggets fans. They don't, you know, you know, lead the league in merchandise sales. Um, but when a team is disrespected like that, I've seen them come out in full force. I think of the Spurs in 2014. They lost in 2013, and they wanted to see the Heat again. They lost in that incredible, memorable uh, series versus LeBron James, Ray Allen, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat uh, versus Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, and, and Tim Duncan on the Spurs. And uh, Ray Allen hit an incredible three-point shot that goes down in history. And uh, without that shot, if they don't get that offensive rebound, they probably don't win that championship. Um, but you know, the same teams always seem to win it. But the next year, after the Spurs lost in 2013, they came out in 2014 gangbusters. They wanted to see the Heat, and uh, they were, you know, not as given as much credit as they deserved, they weren't given as much press as they deserved. And then 2014, they just stormed through there and annihilated the the Heat and LeBron James last season in Miami. They lost so bad, they caused LeBron to run back to Cleveland. He was like, fuck that. <laughs> we cannot beat the Spurs like that. Uh, but yeah, then that was the last championship the Spurs won. This year, I see simul similarities. I think the Denver Nuggets are undervalued. Uh, they're, they're not respected. And I think they're going to sweep the Lakers. And whoever they play in the Eastern Conference, whether it's the Celtics or the Heat, they're probably going to sweep the Heat. So uh, there's only three series left, including the ones that are currently going on. There's this Western Conference series between Denver and the Lakers, the Eastern Conference series between the Celtics and the Heat, and then there's the NBA Finals. And none of them are going to be exciting. 
there's not going to be a game six or a game seven and uh, maybe in the Eastern Conference, but the Nuggets are going to win in four or five, a gentleman's sweep against the Lakers. And everyone's going to say how great LeBron did to get them to the Western Conference Finals. And in the Eastern Conference, I think that Heat might win uh, in six or seven. And the, but they'll be swept by the Nuggets. Nobody is beating Denver. I don't. Denver is not going to lose one more game this year. They've been disrespected enough, and Denver is going to win the NBA championship. I didn't uh, believe this before I started watching this year, but I did think it was going to be Denver and, or M- Milwaukee. I figured one of the top number one seeds would falter. You know, the ratings for the NBA have gone up this year for the first time since the pandemic. Like me, a lot of fans that were turned off in 2020 when everybody, uh, they were just so into, you know, political uh, movements and they had all these slogans printed on the back of their jerseys and there weren't fans allowed at the game. So instead of fans in the seats, you had TV sets with people's pictures on them. It was very weird, very strange. Uh, and every single game was played in the Staples Center. So LeBron James got uh, the home of the Lakers, basically got to play in his home a game in his home arena and sleep in his own bed at his own house every night uh, where all the other – or there was a bubble, I guess. And it's just the weirdest thing in 2020. And I'll never love the NBA like I used to because of that year. Uh, but I am talking about a podcast – on a podcast here. So I obviously still like it enough. Um, the best thing about basketball is uh, there's so many other storylines and people that don't like sports. You can like basketball more than any other sport. American football, it's so complicated and they wear huge helmets. It's hard to and, and it's hard to get somebody to like football because you're half the time you're explaining all these different things. But basketball, it's really simple. You have a goal and a ball and you're trying to use your teammates or use your own skills of dribbling and, and maneuverability to get the ball into the basket, similar to soccer. Uh, it's, it's very simple. And the player's face is right there. Uh, the, you know, when you're watching a basketball game, they have the NBA crowd right there. Sometimes the players even fall into the crowd and uh, it's only two and two and a half hours, football games, baseball games, much longer. Uh, basketball games are the most exciting for people that don't watch sports and it has all the best underlining storylines as well. Um, like I said, we talked about Jimmy Butler this year, he used to be homeless and, um, you know, you know, he might be the illegitimate son of Michael Jordan. Uh, there's actually some, uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't know who his, whose biological father is and he doesn't speak to his mother anymore from what I gather. Um, but supposedly, uh, Michael Jordan and the similarities on their game and their appearance is, is incredible. And you're like, Oh, well, Michael Jordan played for the bulls when Jimmy Butler was born. And uh, you know, Jimmy Butler was born in Houston, but or Jimmy Butler would, would have been conceived in Houston. Uh, but the Chicago bulls were actually playing the Houston Rockets on the night, nine months to the date that Jimmy Butler was born. And you saw that and I, you study the pictures of them and it's and and the reason Jimmy Butler's mom said that uh, she did, never told him who his father was is because uh, she didn't want to ruin his famous name. So uh, you know, I really think that that that's that's going to come out within like the next few years or something that Jimmy Butler, his father is actually Michael Jordan. And you see Jimmy Butler. I mean, you see Michael Jordan. Sometimes he goes to Jimmy Butler's basketball games and it's like, it's like, yeah, that's my that's my illegitimate son. <laughs> that's my son. You know. 
but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But coincidences like that, when the, their physical appearance are so similar, and uh, their mentality of just not being afraid and just being able to take the big shot and be in the moment, be in the spotlight, you know, seeing that in their both of their eyes, that's something that's not that common. And also that Michael Jordan just happened to be in Houston the night that Jimmy Butler was conceived. I mean, there's got to be something behind that. But that's why I love basketball. There's a lot of underlying stories. I found it find it very uh, analytical. Um, I found I find it basketball as an analogy for life, very similar to soccer. You know, when you're playing soccer, you want to uh, get the ball into the goal. Sometimes you have enough skill and talent by yourself to do it, but a lot of times you need help. You need teammates. You need somebody that knows what they're doing. You need uh, a coach. You need um, encouragement as far as the fans. And it corresponds to life, you know. In life, you need help from your teachers. You need help from your family, um, especially if you're not able to do things on your own. Um, I wouldn't be able to put on this podcast if I wasn't as smart as I am by myself. I would have needed help. I wouldn't have been able to to write my book if um, I wasn't capable. And even this, I did need some help, too. Um, you know, I, I received help from uh, college professors. I received help from, um, you know, writing classes that I've had. And uh, I, re I received help from criticism that I received. So even I did everything myself with my first book. I also uh, received help. So uh, just like in basketball, most of the time you can't just dribble the ball and dunk it in on somebody. You're going to have to have somebody throw up the pass. You're going to have to have somebody set a pick. You're going to have to get help from somewhere. So. <clears throat> today's broadcast it was all about the current playoffs i hope you enjoyed it uh this was episode four uh i'm gonna record me reading uh chapter two of my book here really quickly but um thanks for listening mr g podcasts are available on amazon podcast google podcast apple Podcasts, or if you're not into going all on the podcast route where you could just listen to it while you do your work listen to it while you work out you can also just pull up twitter uh elon musk announced that uh, individuals with a blue check mark can now upload up videos up to two hours in length on Twitter. And he did that as a personal favor to me, knowing that I was just starting my podcast out and I needed a great platform like Twitter uh, to just easily upload the video. So thank you, Elon. I know you're looking out for me. I, I convinced Elon to move to Austin too. I sent him a copy of this book right here. And uh, Elon Musk read my book and he's like, I'm going to move to Austin. That sounds, you know, he sounds pretty cool. Me, I'm I'm over Austin because I, I lived in Austin when it was cool <laughs> in the late 90s and uh, earlier, really. Uh, but, you know, everybody lives in Austin now and it's still got some charm, but I'm into bigger and better things. So maybe Elon Musk, you can catch up to Mr. G someday. But right now, go have your Austin experience and we'll hang out later. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody, and uh, you have a uh, great day. Aloha. <clears throat> Don't forget to uh, check out all the wonderful things that I do online and uh, with this podcast and with all of my videos. Everybody have a great day and shoot.